This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, created because, through no fault of your own, you've become one. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and I know how it feels when you're getting ground down by people issues, constantly firefighting and wondering how on earth you ended up here. In each episode, I invite a guest to discuss a topic and give you three, sometimes more, top tips that will help you in your leadership role. They are experts in the field and you'll find out why they do what they do and what took them down that path. For more resources to help you on your leadership journey, check out thereluctantleader.academy where you'll find details of how to join the Reluctant Leader success path. So let's see who's in the hot seat this week. Today I'm talking to Neil Jordan. Neil, aka Positive Neil, has been studying good thinking practices and meditation since the year 2000. Now he shares what he's learned and how it has completely transformed his life. He is on a mission to help as many people as possible develop their own way of good thinking and meditation practices that will help improve their lives, reduce the stress and develop more focus. Everyone has so much more potential within them and he wants to help unlock it. In his teens and early 20s, he found himself in some extremely difficult positions. His options were limited, but he completely transformed his life to be where he is today. How did he create this transformation? He changed his thinking and continues to apply those same techniques on a daily basis. He understands that the development of real potential takes time and effort because he is doing it. In 2004, he obtained a life coaching diploma with the Coaching Academy and has been coaching, training and delivering talks and workshops ever since. I hope you enjoy this chat we had about good thinking and I'll catch you all on the other side. Neil, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Hello, Mark. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, we we met a few, uh, well, a couple of months ago, I suppose, wasn't it? Um, we were uh, far away in Toronto at yeah, an event, yeah. and um, I, I think you're one of the first people I noticed in the room because you had a, a T-shirt on, and it it actually had said uh, something about good thinking. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Must catch up with him sometime during the weekend, and Excellent. we did we did connect, and we had lots of conversations, and uh, here we are now talking on a podcast about your stuff. Um, so before we get in too deep into do that, to that uh, and what you do, the first thing I ask all my guests is, why do you do what you do? And what was the pivotal moment that took you down this path? Okay, so I basically help people um, think better. And I do that via coaching, training, um, various online bits and pieces. I do that because it fascinates me. Um, I also do it because it helps me move forward in my own journey, um, my own life, and helps me improve. But I think the real pivotal moment was um, uh, uh, basically my my best mate was murdered back in 1994. Um, The week before he was murdered, he came to me for help. I didn't know what to do or say. And I think in a week later when he was, when he was dead and I hadn't seen him again, um, I, I, I think there must have been a subconscious seed sown within me that I never, ever wanted to be in that position again. And um, if someone came to me for help, I wanted to know and be able to help them in that moment. Wow. <laughs> That's a pivotal moment if ever I heard one. Wow. Okay, so I'm sure we'll probably um, come back to that and what you learned from that um, as we uh, have a, yeah. as we chat. Yeah. Um, 
So the title of this uh, podcast is uh, Good Thinking, um, which I've already mentioned is something that you are associated with. It's part of your business model. Yep. So tell us what good thinking is about. Tell us, uh, you know, those, those bits and pieces that um, will help us um, think better. Okay, well, well our thoughts are, um, they are instrumental to everything that we do. Our thoughts lead to feelings, they create our attitude, they shape our perception, and ultimately, um, they are the seed of what we say and what we do. So if we're not checking our thoughts, if we're not selective of our thoughts, then ultimately, we're going to end up performing actions that we might not want to, um, which is why people can sometimes get lost and stuck in negative habits um, and it's because they're not checking their thoughts so they're not able to develop enough strength with their thinking that they can move it in a new and more positive direction so you've basically got at both ends of the spectrum you've got good thoughts which are positive they're empowering they're uplifting they're creative and then you've got bad thoughts negative thoughts that are the opposite they're destructive they're limiting um, they make you heavy and they keep you upset. So we're not just talking about just um, being positive, positive thoughts all the time. It's actually what you're saying there is actually checking in with what we are actually thinking. And then what does that actually lead to? Is that right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Huge. The primary purpose of thought is to perform an act. It's, well, it's to interact with matter. So mm. even moving your eyes left and right is an act. Um so that, that's the primary purpose of thought. Uh, and I suppose we've got the Greeks to thank uh, where they brought in philosophy and the rest of it. Uh, it's obviously over the last couple of thousand years that the human race has developed this skill of thinking a lot without actually doing anything. And that's a lot of um, thought energy being wasted and yeah. being undirected. Yeah, yeah. So going back to before you, before that pivotal moment that sort of took you down this path, can, was it something that you've always been good at or do you think you're actually, you know, particularly bad at it? Do you think it was something that really you, you needed to address, address yourself? Oh, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. By the age of 11, I was smoking. By the age of 19, I was on um, crack cocaine. So um, I, I totally lost myself, um, rejected society, all I could see was negativity in our society worked. Um, I think I couldn't find a way of getting off the planet. So I decided to find a way to get out of my head. Um, so my, my thought processes were very, very, very negative and very, very destructive. I thought I wouldn't live past 21. When I got to 21, I had a bit of a crash because I thought, oh, blimey, now, 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 now what do I do? <laughs> and I think it was then um, – in. After that birthday, I started to, I don't know, question things. People said my questions were going to send me mad, but I'm so glad that I did ask them. And it was questions like, who am I? What's this all about? Um, (laughs) Where where am I going? Uh, So I started then to dive deep into, (laughs) ironically, uh, philosophy and um, then studying all the different um, spiritual uh, practices and uh, and religions and just, and just looking for the commonalities and the, the, the patterns within them all that, that would help me point me in, 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 in directions that would move me forward. 
Mm. I think that's interesting, actually, what you said there about, you know, going back to those years, those formative years, I suppose, where you are thinking in terms of maybe sh- uh, short term. Um, and it's it's difficult to actually envisage that you are going to be on this planet for, um, I don't know, the average is about 80 odd, 80 odd years, I think, in, now. Yeah, in, the, in, um, the, in the Western world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which amounts to, well, and it's only recently I've, I've found this out and, and saw something, which actually amounts to 30,000 days. So on average, wow. we, we all have about 30,000 days to wow. decide what we're going to do with them. When you start wow. boiling down into actually what days, uh, then, you yeah. know, that really does crystallize, doesn't it? Um, but so you've, you've really had, um, you know, a traumatic sort of uh, journey, uh, which you've already mentioned some quite um, big things that uh, was going on and what happened to you. So what was that thing that really decided that, right, what, when does it actually started to make sense? When was it that actually this stuff I can actually use and then, and then obviously ultimately help others with? Okay, well, part of my own um, awakening or, or, or journey into there are, there are other options than just mm-hmm. getting out of your head um, was actually to get into your head. <laughs> it was the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a, um, an ancient form of meditation called Raj Yoga, which is an open-eyed thinking type of meditation. Um, and that really has been the catalyst for, and, and still is the foundation for, my whole existence really um so that's that 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 was the tool that that has really helped me move forward right and we had a bit of a chat before we started about what we were going to sort of um name or what the topic of this um conversation was and we decided on good thinking um but it could have been meditation but interestingly and we agreed about this if you put meditation as a topic it's going to put some people off but um so that i think the, the interesting question is why do you think that is why do you think that people are put off when you mention the word meditation well like market has ruined everything and look i love marketing and i love online marketing and stuff but uh, market has destroyed everything and um the human race because of marketing i think has got a, a, an excellent skill of taking a word um, totally um, burying its uh, original meaning and uh, using it for marketing purposes uh, to make money. Um, the word meditation itself just means to think. In old English, they'd say go away and, and, and meditate on that, which meant pod, ponder your mind, think, cogitate. Um, so uh, that's what the word meditate means. But if you use that word now, it normally then straight away creates pictures of people sitting in full lotus position, candles, uh, people chanting, all sitting with their eyes closed. And I, I do mine with my eyes open. For me, I just close my eyes to sleep. Um, so it's, it's these, these connotations and these images that are then created that are linked to the word meditation. And mm. I think the reason that's happened is because people are looking for escapism from their reality. And meditation is now sold as another escapism tool. Uh, just like having a beer, going on holiday, and buying a car. Wow! Yeah, uh, it's interesting when you said about the open eye thing. I know when you go to to London and you go and, and see the um, the uh, the guys. I can't think what the names are outside the Buckingham Palace. That they are there. They're almost in a meditative state, aren't they? Because they don't interact with you. They obviously they're 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 hopefully awake, but they are almost like staring into space but that you could say that they're actually in a meditative state and, and have to be to actually do that that job that role which is 
obviously guarding um, the um, the palace, but we we know that it's unlikely that's actually they're going to be actually doing anything all day. Yeah, well, look, look, look. Med- med- meditation isn't the outcome. Meditation yeah. is the is the process. Mm. Um, so it depends what you're thinking about. They might be standing there thinking about I don't know. It might be part of their training. We were talking about the beef eaters, yeah, like the, the or the guys yeah. with the, the bear skins. That's it. Um, so they they might be thinking about what they're going to have for dinner later, or um, the game at the weekend, or, or they just might be I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know their training and stuff, but. Yeah. I, I was just interested when you say yeah. the. Let's, let's talk about how you can do something with your eyes open because I think most people would say that it's very difficult if you don't close your eyes to actually take yourself into that meditative state. So that's an interesting concept in itself. Yeah, well, it depends what your understanding of meditation is um, mm-hmm. because we can't close our ears, can we, or our noses, um, and yet they're senses that are influencing us. The reason people want to close their eyes, well, A, because they want to escape, which I meditate to face myself. I meditate to understand what are my current thoughts and feelings so I can then assess them and change them. And by practicing it as an open-eyed, I can then do it anytime, anywhere, any time of day. Um, in the morning, I'll have my, what I call, I've got this thing called the one-day plan where you've got four different types of meditations that you do throughout the day. So you have your power up in the morning, which is your, it's like you're filling yourself full of energy ready for the day because you know the day is going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. And and if it's not, then great. You've got stock for the next day because then that will bring you a challenge. Um, And then you have top up meditations where you, because it's thought leads to experience, you see. So you're consciously creating the thought of the experience you want. That's what we're doing in the meditation. So you have top-ups throughout the day, which you just grab in between things, like when you're waiting for the kettle to boil, sitting in traffic, uh, pop to the loo. Um, So it's not like you have to create new time for it. Mm -hmm. Then we have tidy up, where you transition from your daily activity to your evening activity. And this is really, really helpful, especially for key decision makers and uh, business leaders and stuff because um, a lot of their family may complain that they take the work home and the tidy up meditation helps you transition by uh, focusing your mind, becoming aware of what's still in your mind from the day. It's a bit like tidying up your desk at the end of the day and getting it out of your head onto paper So and then refocusing the mind so you can then be attentive to your family and your, your evening um, needs. And then you've got backup. Uh, which is very similar, uh, so you can let go of the day, uh, and that really does help improve your your sleep, ready for the following morning where you do your next power up. So one dove, dovetails into the next. Wow! And how how long do you think that each each um, of these uh, steps takes? Well, I like I I'm a real believer, and apologies for the uh, pronunciation of a Japanese word. I am from Essex, um, so <laughs> kaizen, um, or I like uh, incremental change um, is is the way to create solid habits. So whenever I'm training or teaching someone, I always recommend that they just start off with a minute a day, um, because it's if 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 you set yourself a, a target that's almost ridiculous and have that as your minimum, then it's a lot easier to um, develop that as a habit. 
then you'll create a neural pathway for it and then you'll want to do it. If if you say, oh, I'm going to do 30 minutes a day, uh, people will do it for two, three days, um, then their, their, their enthusiasm will drop off. Then they'll beat themselves up that they can't do it. So then when they think of meditation, they'll, they'll, they'll create a negative feeling. So then they'll never do it. So it's good to start off really small and, and then build up. Yeah, that's good advice. I think we all get um, um, stuck in our, the, the outcome is, is, the, is the goal. And actually what we need to do, first of all, is to develop the habits. And, it's, it's, and I guess it's, it's why most of us start things in, on the 1st of January with these um, good intentions and we don't really stick to them or we, don't, we rarely stick to them is because we, the, the goals are too far away uh, and we haven't broken them down into manageable chunks. And that's what you've done with those four steps is actually the, the manageable chunks, aren't they? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because even if you, like, well, the top-up meditations are, are designed to be like, I say, nanoseconds. I don't know how long one of those is. It just sounds better than a second. <laughs> um, but um, the, 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 the top-up meditations are literally, it's just one thought. It's just catching your thinking, choosing the direction that you want it, rather than just being influenced by your environment and others and the task in hand. Um, so they're, they're very easy. And then the other three, even if you did one minute and if people like frown or look up at the ceiling one minute, uh, cause one minute is actually quite a long time to sit still and uh, really become aware of your thoughts. Uh, then I say do 30 seconds. If you can't do 30 seconds and start off with 10 seconds, because even 10 seconds every day is better than 30 minutes a week. Yeah. And we're just talking about just checking in with ourselves and how our thoughts are isn't it? and how that's going to, probably well, well well that's your that's your initial step yeah. then you're choosing its direction because quite often we'll then become aware that like i'm stressed so why am i stressed well it's because i haven't planned my day it's because i'm not managing my time it's because i'm dehydrated so it might be real practical steps that we can um, do something about immediately um because that's, uh, that's something else that i work with with people is nearly every client I've ever worked with has been dehydrated and then they wonder why they're stressed. <laughs> it's like try, trying to drive a car with no oil in it. Um, so it can be real basic things like that. But then it will be, well, I keep having this thought from when I was eight years old and da 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 da, da. And then there's t- tips and tactics and techniques on, on, on how to um, resolve that as well. Mm. So that's so really interesting. Know. You talk about water and obviously that's a underlying factor that um, – that really is obviously important and we it's so easy to forget because in our busy lives we just go around and and before we know it we haven't drunk anything for three or four hours and obviously that doesn't put us in the great place so what else is there that we can actually sort of pinpoint as to a, a major factor in why people don't think um well or why they don't drink enough water <laughs> apart from that anything else well it's it, it's interesting I don't think people like themselves enough. Uh, they don't give themselves enough priority. They'll do it for their employees, for their for their wife, for their kids, for their parents, for their friends. Um, but if you if you saw your child or your best friend dehydrated um, and you knew they had a, a, a water drinking issue, um, you would you would be on them. Yet you're not on on yourself. And it's interesting why people. Yeah, that is so interesting, isn't it? And and I think you've you knocked the head and hit the nail on the head there. In that, yeah, and it's a question we need to ask ourselves: Do we like ourselves enough? 
Um, well, 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 look, look, Mark, that's a dangerous question because yeah. uh, most people are using denial management to get through life because they don't like themselves. I think the key is mm. is to focus on the reasons why to like yourself. Um, we've all made mistakes. We've all done things we regret. Um, it's done. Past is past. Uh, what you've got to do is focus on the now because whatever you think about now is going to influence in an hour tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, next 10 years, all based on what you think now. So you've just got to catch what your thoughts are now and learn tactics and tricks on to energize yourself because positive thinking isn't happy thinking. Positive thinking is being able to stabilize your mind so you're not affected by all the things that are going on around you. And the more you can do that, the more stable you are, then the more you like yourself because you develop confidence, self-esteem resilience um, and you're able to deal with the challenges of life yeah uh, a, a great point uh, and you mentioned the word res- resilience there and i know that's something that you are obviously something that you develop uh, within the people that you work with uh, and yep. so just talk, talk a bit more about what resilience actually is how would you how would you um describe what that is I think that one of the one of the most resilient things in the world is an elastic band, <laughs> and this is what we have to be like um, within that band. There is so much power, um, but for it to last a long time, you also need to relax it as well. Um, because if you just keep it tight and bound around something, at some point it's going to snap. Um, so we need to apply a balance to our lives of challenging ourselves, but looking after ourselves. And I think if we strike that balance, then we become very resilient. The reason people aren't resilient is because they've got no inner or personal energy. Um, They're so reliant on external validation, on achieving tasks to feel good about themselves. Of course, they're not going to be resilient because they're, they're, they're so heavily influenced and dependent on things external to them. Yeah, and that's a great analogy, isn't it? I mean, most of us um, are wound up, um, uh, stretched um, like an elastic band in, in, in the majority of our time, and it's given ourselves that time to unwind. And yes, uh, that's, a, that's a great way of thinking about it. So, but the thing that's just popped into our mind is, um, we how does this work with each but um, male and female? How do you do you see different um, perspectives? with this, um, with um, your male and um, female clients? I think too much is made of um, gender, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is an individual. That's how I approach everyone that I work with. Um, there's uh, how many now? Eight, nine billion or whatever on the planet. Um, every single one is an individual. Um, yeah, gender plays a part, but then it will depend on your culture. It will depend on your upbringing, depend on... Um, what gender you identify with Um, because obviously Mm. now there's a there's a lot more genders than just male and female Um, so Mm. I I, I really don't use that as a limitation I look for what we've got as a commonality uh, because that's how relationships are developed not by identifying how we're different it's by identifying what we've got in common Mm. And there's three, what I call the three primary motivators. Uh, And these are the words that I use. If they're uncomfortable for any of your listeners, then you can change them. Uh, But for me, the three primary motivators are peace, happiness, and love. 
if you don't like peace, change it to serenity, tranquil, whatever one you like. Um, but these are like, you know, you get the primary colors on an artist's palette and every color comes from those three colors. It's for me, every human experience comes from those three because they're all ends of the spectrum. Peace is very, we, we all want to feel chilled out. We all want to feel calm, uh, happiness. We all want to feel motivated. We all want to feel enthusiastic at some point. And then love is the, the exchange of those um, vibrations and feelings um, between each other. Um, and mm. that, 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 that's what motivates everyone. So that's yeah. what I see rather than gender. Yeah, yeah, I get that as well. And it's funny how you mentioned about, you know, people's perception of words, you know, when you talk about peace and happiness and love, you know, people have, an, a, you know, an idea around those things, which is, again, another barrier to, to break down, isn't it? Well, I've been in this game a long time. So yeah. um, I've learned along the way. Um, I say the word peace and then I get someone go, oh, I don't like that word. It means you're weak and all of this sort of stuff. <laughs> so then I just say to them, well, pick your own word. But for, for me to teach something, we need to agree on the common definition of particular words. Otherwise, every sentence I use, I've got to use 20 other words to just make everyone feel happy and comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I get it because really being at peace is that, you know, that elastic band is when the elastic band is is at rest. It's not stretched and uh, tense. And I think that's, that's uh, is that sort of where you're coming from with that? It, 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 it is, but um, mm -hmm. it's like everything, it's multi-layered. So certainly mm -hmm. when you first introduce to peace, it's just the feeling of you'll probably start yawning and fall asleep. Um, but once you start to consciously dive into and create the experience of peace, it is um, it slows your thinking down and you develop an inner strength that is untouchable. Um, I've been doing it now for... 18, 19 years. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I can create a tangible um, experience of self-generated peace, which is, um, well, the most powerful thing I've ever experienced. And I've done a lot of drugs. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I've done a lot of mind-altering stuff and um, there's nothing like um, altering your own mind um, yourself um, without any intoxicant. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been just an, an it's a natural state rather than something that's actually you are trying to induce from uh, by using something else. You know. Yeah, I'd, would, I'd, I'd even yeah. use a different word to natural. I'd, I'd mm. say it's your original state when you're in the womb. Um, you're very, very peaceful. Yeah. So when you're born, uh, I know you come out. Well, they slap you, don't they? So you start crying and stuff. Um, <laughs> But um, when you, this is why everyone loves a newborn because they that the, the innocence generates those three experiences: peace, love, and happiness. It's unconditional, and it's like this little battery is just exuding them, uh, which is why everyone uh, loves a newborn when he's not crying. Um, and uh, it's because it's reminding them of those original experiences. And that's what we all really want to tap back into. Yeah, don't, don't, don't we half. Um, it's been fascinating, um, uh, Neil, and we're close to uh, having to get to the point where we have to wrap things up. Um, so before we get to that, is there anything that you, you'd like to add, add to the conversation around good thinking that you, 
you think that um, is worth saying? What saddens me the most is um, people just don't understand the power of their mind. Um, and you, if you are only using your mind to decide what you're going to eat today and um, what you're going to do at work and what you're going to do to keep all your relations happy, where you're going to go on holiday. Um, it's like buying a Ferrari and then driving in a 30 mile per hour speed limit. Um, it's a complete waste. If you've got a Ferrari, you need to get some proper tires on it and go for a track day. Um, then you can really see what it can do. And your mm. track day is to make time for yourself just sit quietly, become aware of your thoughts and your thinking, um, have a little cry if it's upsetting stuff, uh, then dump that and start moving forward and really tap into the power of your own mind. Fantastic. Right. So as I mentioned, time is running out. So we have to get to the point in this podcast, which I do with all my guests, is to round it up with three top tips that we can leave our listeners that they can hopefully take some action and put this stuff into their day-to-day life. Um, so what would those three top tips, and you can make it more than three if you want to, but three well, is no, a starter. No, no, no. I, I, I like to keep it simple, otherwise people <laughs> can't take action. So Absolutely. you must make time for yourself, and that's daily. And that, and, and um, no excuses, because you find time to pop to the loo. If that's the only time that you can have time to yourself, then um, that's the time that you, you have to yourself. Um, and, and what do I mean by time for yourself is not looking at your phone. It is stepping within, touching base, um, and, and g yourself back up again. If you're feeling sad, if you're feeling good, then enhancing that and bringing that into everything else that you're going to do that day. So that's number one. Um, even one minute will make a huge difference mm-hmm. per day. And then saying about one minute is try and do one minute meditation a day. So that's different to making time for yourself and checking in. Um, meditation, uh, you sit still. Uh, if you check out positiveneal.com, then uh, there are some, uh, or Good Thinking Club, um, then there are some meditation tips and ideas of uh, how to enhance it and improve it. But just sit still, rest the eyes on a point, um, keep them open, soft gaze, and then create an experience that you want. So peace, I am peace. Not I want to be peace. I used to be peaceful. Uh, I am peace. And all you're after, at first you'll feel like you're making it up. Uh, All you're after is a nanosecond of experience. Then you know the practice is accurate. Uh, And then it's about expanding that that, um, nanosecond. Uh, So just try and do one minute a day. Uh, If you can't make that time for yourself, then... Um, you seriously need to look at your timetable. And then the third one, really easy. If the other two are too difficult for you, just smile more. (laughs) Just by smiling more, you are going to release different chemicals in your physical body. Um, You are going to feel stronger, if you keep doing it, stronger inside to deal with the challenges that you've got in front of you. And look, I know life can be really, really difficult. um, I'm, I'm actually going through some personal challenges myself at the moment that have been going on for the last year. I won't go into details now, but I can feel the dark clouds coming to my, even knowing all this stuff. And, um, sometimes I don't want to do anything else, a bit like a pig. I just want to wallow in the mud. Um, but 
just by creating cracking that smile can be the difference of um getting lost in the darkness and to ignite in the light for the day um which you've got to do for yourself and if you can't do it for yourself then do it for your loved ones and for your work colleagues and for the people around you Neil, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for your time today. I think you've given some fantastic value uh, and made people think and hopefully uh, encourage them to, to um, <laughs> think uh, good thoughts uh, and, and improve their thinking, which is uh, the whole point of um, bringing these things to light. So uh, thank you again. I've really enjoyed it, Mark. Thanks ever so much for the invitation. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the Reluctant Leader Academy. And if you get a chance, please leave a review on whichever platform you have been listening. And also share the love by sharing the episode with someone who would benefit. Leadership is a choice. If you have the right mindset, know the process to follow and the key skills to use at each point in the process, you have everything you need to leave a lasting legacy. Don't forget to put into action anything that has struck a chord in this episode. And until next time, be the best you can be.